Cap and Jay Hood. Mornings. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So we had a bunch of baseball that was interesting for a number of reasons over the weekend, Jay Hood. The White Sox played the Cardinals their first return after two weeks, and the Cardinals sweep a doubleheader. Sox hit four straight homers. Cubs' bullpen looked a lot better. Craig Kimbrell had two good outings, but they have their first losing streak. They've lost three straight, and they get the Cardinals for two today. And that leads us to Cubs president, great friend of our show, Theo Epstein joins us now here on ESPN 1000. Theo, thank you for taking time. First little hiccup for your club on the field. How did you feel about how your team played over the weekend? A lot of strikeouts. Yeah. Uh, first off, guys, congrats on the show. And, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Good luck with everything. Thanks. Um, how we played. You know what, this weekend, I, you know, I obviously it stinks to lose three in a row, and it was a frustrating weekend, but I, I'm, I'm not concerned. I mean, this team... Is definitely up for the fight, and uh, you know I think I think we'll we'll find a way to, to, to move forward and keep playing great ball. I mean, Milwaukee, you got to tip your cap to those guys. They always play us tough. I mean, they never stop competing. And when we're playing those guys, our margin for error is just really small. And you know our our formula for success this year has been great starting pitching, great defense, and and grinding at bats. And and you know we made. A couple of mistakes in those areas, and we were in a position to win all those games. And they they were the more efficient offense. You know, they had a couple of three run homers, had a real quick three run rally in the other game. Our, our our homers were more solo. We didn't convert on some some chances with a lot of guys on base, and then their pen just uh, you know got the better of the fight against uh, against our hitters for the most part. So. You know, three one run losses against a tough competitor. Um, we made a couple mistakes that just show that the margin for error in this division is really small. But in general, you know, our guys had great energy, never stopped, you know, grinding, and our focus is there. I mean, there's, there's, there's a ton, there's a lot more to love about this team than there is to be concerned about. I, I still feel that way after this weekend. You know, when you have 60 games and you start in July, you don't know what to expect. You want the team to, do, to play well, but you, you never know. Is there something that surprised you most about the start for the Cubs so far this season? Yeah, the thing that has surprised me the most is just the in- incredible energy and-, and great camaraderie about the team. And it's hard to translate to TV, so I'm not sure if all our fans are able to pick up on it. But when you're in the ballpark and it's, and it's dead quiet, except for in our dugout, and-, and there's a constant buzz and constant cheering and constant support from our dugout, I think it, it shows – um, how locked in the guys are, how much they care, how much they, they want to be here, and how much they want to take the adversity of 2020 and turn it into something great, you know, for for the team, for themselves, for their families, and, and, and for the city of Chicago and our fans. So that's a surprise because it was, you know, we had a great vibe in summer camp, but in those exhibition games, the first time we played in, in the three empty ballparks, two games at Wrigley and um, – one on the south side, it was really quiet, and we didn't quite have the same energy, which is natural. You know, it's like a spring training type game. But we were actually concerned with how are we going to generate our own energy? How are we going to create that that feel that forty thousand people uh, create? And and you know, it's been the least of our concerns. In fact, it's been a strength. So kudos to to all our players for for being up for all these games and up for each other and, and Rossi and our coaching staff for helping to create it too. 
multiple players that we've talked to either on or off the air have told me Anthony Rizzo has been amazing at getting everybody locked in and the energy and just making it about us, that group that's in the dugout. Can you talk a little bit about Anthony's role in that? And have you ever thought about, you know what, now's the time I'm putting a C on his chest? (laughs) Riz has been incredible this year. I mean, he's always been a leader of this group um, in a lot of ways that that don't show up. But in in his own unique style, you know, so not, not getting outside of who he is. Um, he's just been natural leader in a lot of ways, but there've been some areas where, um, that hasn't been him. It hasn't been his personality. And I think this is the year where he's, as I said, he's taking it to another level in that. I think he's, he's being so intentional about, about his leadership and he genuinely cares about this group and about this year and, and, everything going on in the, in the world and he wants to make something great of it so bad he wants to live in the moment and and, and, and get the absolute most um out of every day and and so i think he shows up to the park each day thinking how can i make this fun um how can i how can i uplift my teammates um yeah and how can i help keep everybody safe um by all all, all the right things and um you know i've had a number of guys tell me this is by far the most fun uh, dugout they've ever been in. And, you know, if you, whenever the, the broadcast shows it, check it out. I mean, it's just, it's just alive. And they are like an American Legion team uh, or like a college team, I guess, you know, just supporting each other. So enthusiastic and Riz, Riz is right, right in the middle of that. And kudos to him. I mean, it's, it's not something that happens by accident. He didn't have to do it. And, um, you know, to have someone in, in, Middle of their career, sort of elevate themselves to the highest level as a leader like that is just really impressive. Theo, without a crowd, it sounds like the Cubs are kind of creating their own energy. So, but that also has to come from leadership as well. Is there something that you've seen from David Ross early on that you've liked that you haven't seen in a couple of years from that spot? Yeah, I mean the energy part, I knew he would provide because that's that's how he, that's how he was as a player. You know, he was he was always the guy. Um, you know the, the the day that he played, he would just be bouncing off the walls in the clubhouse, motivating other guys, saying, like, hey, this, is, this is my day to play. You know, let's bring it up a notch. Let's go. And, and constantly providing um, the spark on those days. And on the days he, he didn't play, he kind of ran the dugout, you know, and, and, and was the one in Riz's role now, um, you know, uh, providing all the jokes and um, the stick and um you know, providing the energy for the for the guys who were playing. So I knew he would provide that. I think the the area that surprised me the most is just um, how willing he is to engage in a difficult conversation. I think any leader in, in, in any field from time to time is guilty of um, not having a tough com- conversation, sweeping things under the rug or putting their head in the sand and hoping things get better just because they're, you know, they're, tough issues to deal with and, and and especially when you're a first year major league manager, especially in the middle of a, a global pandemic, it can just be, you know, every day there is issues that come up that you can either kind of just brush off or, or you can dig in and embrace. And I didn't expect him as a first year manager to be so willing to have, you know, every difficult conversation to confront every issue, to be so proactive. And it's been, it's been really refreshing to see, and I think has has helped create 
this uh, tremendous vibe and chemistry that we have because um, you know all these interactions are authentic and 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 everyone's held to a high standard, but everyone also feels supported and because he's so engaged and connected with everyone and, and leading so well. We're talking to Theo Epstein, Cubs president here on Kappa J Hood on ESPN 1000. Theo, the world is a different place since the pandemic started and what went on, the murder of George Floyd. You went out, you saw the protest. Has what you've watched over the last five or so months changed your perspective on what you want to do whenever your run in Chicago comes to an end? Yeah, I think everything going on in, in the country has, has changed everyone's perspective. Just not, you know, not, not always about a career path or anything, but I'm sure it has for some, but just, just about um, the impact that we all want to make. Even if it's just on, on, you know, our loved ones or the people around us or those that we work with or those that, um, you know, those that we lead or those that lead us. Um, I, I think, I think it, it's brought home all these issues that we've, you know, it's obvious uh, systemic racism has, has always existed in this country and there's always been um, racist violence and there's always been injustice in the world. But it, you know, when, when you, when you, lead a comfortable life and, and you get wrapped up in your own world. It's, you know, it's, there's a tendency to just go day by day in your own bubble and, and you only notice things when they spark up. But this is the first time that um, I've seen the widespread notion that, you know, this is not going to be ignored and it's impacted each of us. And I've, you notice it, you know, the way people interact at work, at the ballpark, um, at home, the conversations that you have now with people tend to be more political, more more empathetic, um, more forward-looking, um, and more aspirational about what we can get to um, as a society and how much work needs to be done. I think we're all individually a big part of that. Theo, you know, Cap and I work in this morning show for the first time. We didn't know that we'd be working together. We don't know what our career paths are. We just know that whatever's given to us, it's a blessing. It, what about for you, though? Is there something in particular in baseball that you'd love to do that you haven't done yet? No, I mean, uh, you know, in 2020, it, uh, with everything going on and, and the short season, I don't, I don't think it's really time to, to look too far forward um, uh, because – Whatever we've done that this year, we get out ahead of ourselves. You know, the, we've only had one or two days of normal in a row, and then there's always, you know, some sort of crisis around the corner, some fire we have to put out. So, I, in general, it's not the time to look too far ahead, and, and especially, and it's also not the time to think individually. You know, it's not time to think about one's own hopes and dreams. We're we're in this together as a as a team, and we're in the moment big time. So I, that's how I want to leave it. I think the 2020 Cubs have a chance to be special. Um, and, and the way our guys are going about it is special. So that's what I'm really focused on. Do you, do you think that there is a chance the deadlines coming up here where you just said the Cubs 2020 have a chance to be special. If there's something you feel on the deadline, Hey man, I got to go get that that your ownership group will say, Theo, do what you got to do. If we can win, it may mean more than this year with what you've had to navigate. Yeah. Well, I know, I know our ownership um, wants to, wants to win more than anybody. I also know it's a more, more complicated, this uh, landscape this year, not just for us, but, but for everybody. So they're going to be, you know, unique conversations held 
all around the game about um, you know there's just more risk in in acquiring a player this year when you're bringing them into you know the, this kind of environment when there's no guarantee um, about the, the integrity of the schedule or you know uh, a postseason going forward is just every, everything is sort of to be determined and then obviously every team um, is under tremendous financial duress and, and, and our, our circumstances in particular have been well documented. So I think there's going to be a lot of unique conversations to be had. We're no different than that, but I know that, you know, Tom at his core wants to, you know, he, he, he knows what winning looks like now. He knows what happens when you fall short and, and he wants to win as much as anybody. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, the deadline market this year, it's so up in the air. You know, there's only, there's only, you know, two or three teams that you could sit there with any certainty and say they're going to be sellers. So it's, it's going to be a time when teams have to be creative if they want to get better. You know, from a numbers standpoint, how do you value the, the leadoff spot? Cap and I in the meeting were talking earlier about you know, Chris Bryant in a little bit of a skid right now. Is that something that is, is as important as it was when we were all growing up when you had a speedster at the top or someone that was really quality for on-base percentage? How do you look at that now in 2020? Um. Yeah, I think I think it's just important that you have someone who um, can get on base first and foremost. And you have one of your best hitters up there, one of your best on base guys, and that you put someone up there who's not going to be who's comfortable, who's not going to get uh, detrimentally impacted um, by by being up there. So, um, you know, I think we've I think we're we're among the league leaders in on base percentage. So we have a number of guys who 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 get on base. Chris. You know, hasn't hasn't felt great at the plate yet. Obviously, I think which means usually means there's some you know big big performances or a bust out to come. Um, so you know that's up to that's up to, to Rossi and his conversations with the players about um, you know sort of who's comfortable in that spot or whether there's any impact on the leadoff spot. But you know, Chris performing uh, anywhere close to his career norms is a great option up there. Uh, he's thrown Rossi throwing Ian Happ up there, who obviously. Um, has the ability to work walks and, and, and get on base as, as part of his game and is a really good base runner. Um, and, and, you know, Riz has done it from time to time and, and really thrived up there. So I think there, there are options, but um, that's up to, that's up to Rossi to determine. I think as long in general, as long as we stack our, our best on base guys and our best hitters towards the top of the lineup, we'll be fine. But, um, you know, sort of the art of whether being in that role has, has led to, some negative impacts for guys. We've seen that a couple of times in the past. It's, you know, it's totally a, a good decision for the manager. If you go back four years to when you won the World Series and look at it with that prison that you can have the knowledge you've got today, but go back four years, way harder to fill the leadoff role than you and Jed ever thought it would possibly be when Dexter left? Um, I think, it, yeah, I think we've seen guys who, you know, who have, on base skills go up there and, and suffered from it. And that's, um, you know, that's something that we certainly would have wanted to avoid it to, to avoid. I don't think signing Dexter, um, you know, at, at that time, so that contract was realistic. We had to, we had to really stretch given the rest of the roster, and everything going on uh, to bring him back in 2016. And I'm certainly, certainly glad that we did. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's always something, right? There's always, you look at a team with like, you know, over any 
significant period, five years, ten years. There's always something that they always seem to lack. Um, I guess what for the Cubs after Santa left is always it was third base. I guess when I was with the Red Sox. Yep. Yeah. Uh, after after we won in '04, for a while it was shortstop, and you know sometimes it's the closers. So There's like always one one position that it seems like dogs the team um, o- over the years, and you can certainly uh, you know it's hard to argue against the fact that you know we've struggled to have the right leadoff guy. Although you know a couple of years ago we led the league in on base. Um, from the leadoff spot with a number of different guys, and everyone was complaining that we didn't have a leadoff guy. And that year, I didn't really care because we, you know, we we got a base more than anyone else at the leadoff spot. The next year, I think we were last. I really cared that year. So ultimately, I just care about the production. But certainly, you know, you have one guy who's comfortable up there and gets on base, makes everything easier. Yeah. What's the latest on Quintana? Yeah, he threw uh, yesterday. Uh, he got into uh, the fourth inning in a, in a sim game. Um, down in South Bend, so we're all gonna um, see how he feels today. Watch the video, um, uh, do some analysis, and see quite how ready we think he is, and uh, how he progresses this week. But he's definitely getting closer. I'm not sure yet. We're ready to, um, you know, declare him ready to go out and be completely himself in a major league game. That'll, that'll depend on a couple of things that happen this week, but certainly uh, we're eager for him to get back. He can be a big boost to this team because our, you know, we've, we were performing like a metronome when our, when our starting pitching was, was locked in. And now with, uh, with the injury to Chatwood and all these double headers this week, um, we're, we're feeling stress on the rotation for the, for the first time. So it would be an ideal, uh, ideal timing for Q to, to be ready and step right back in. Theo, greatly appreciate your time as we let you go. Update on Hayward's health and who's your game two starter today? Yeah, both uh, both questions that our skipper will uh, answer at the media <laughs> session today. I don't I don't think Jay Hay is, is anything um, too serious, so we'll we'll see if he's able to go uh, at least for for one of these games today. We'll see. And uh, the game game two starter, um, we we will have a roster move today, just because we you get the benefit of a 29th player um, mm-hmm. for for the for the doubleheader. So. We'll, that that'll sort of factor into the mix of, of how we cover the second game, but we'll let Rossi give the details later. Uh, hey, you, you know, you, you could you could drop that nugget here. It'd, yeah. be, so, it'd be so great for our first yeah. show, Theo. That'd be great. Just drop that nugget yeah. right here. I'll say it next time. I'll make some news. It'll, it'll, oh. be, it'll be bigger than that. I can't I, I, I can't take the thunder away from the skipper. He's done such a good job with the media so far. <laughs> he has. Hey, man, greatly appreciate your time. Best of luck. Stay safe and healthy. All right. Good luck with everything, guys. Congrats. Thanks again. a lot. Appreciate you.